The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Has food been used as a weapon during war? And what is Justin Trudeau worried about? You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio, in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Jim Calhoun, and I've got several topics today, but I want to start off by thanking all of those who have taken their time to write me. I really do enjoy reading the letters, and I'm getting to be such good friends with quite a few of the listeners, and that just makes me feel great that I'm reaching out and I'm helping so many people. And I heard from my crazy conspiracy friend in the woods, and I was told that my show concerning ventilation for root cellars really help them because her and her husband are building a root cellar right now and they're now turning it into a combination root cellar fallout shelter which I think that's a great idea so I'm very happy that you listen and I'm happy to help and I'm glad to have you as a friend because I'm going to take one of 
the ideas from my crazy conspiracy theorist friend, and I'm going to use that as my main topic today, and that's how food seems to be at least being set up to be used as a weapon. And I know that she's doing a lot of research as to different episodes in human history where famines have been used or brought on by governments to punish people or to conquer people. And I haven't got a full report there, but I wanted to at least get started on that because I think it's intriguing. And I know that Mark Twain said that history didn't repeat itself, but it rhymed. I think he's very right. And I think we're seeing things unfold in front of our very eyes that we wouldn't even imagine, that we just absolutely have no clue how we could let it slip this bad. And I'm going to give you one word. That's Satan. He's working overtime. And also, the delusion that people have is just amazing. People that can't see a chemtrail in front of their eyes. People that can't see the disappearance of animals. People that can't see the government being out of control. They can't see that our tax money is being squandered in Ukraine. They can't see anything. All they see is a very narrow view of their own life. And that's sad. And so today I'm going to try to broaden your horizons a little bit if you're one of those that are thinking too narrow. Right now, there are so many big things happening that you almost can't see the forest for the trees. But it's all interconnected. And I truly believe that if we don't wake up by 2030, we just might not own anything and be happy. Or I should say happy or else. The people that are going to be left are going to be happy to be alive. I think that's what that means, that they'll own nothing and be happy because at least they'll be alive. Things are going to get rough, folks. If things keep going the same trajectory they're going, things are going to get real rough. And I know a lot of people are putting their hopes on Donald Trump, and I'm one that voted for him twice, will vote for him again. But I can honestly say that while he may not be the biggest swamp creature among all the politicians, he sure surrounds himself with swamp creatures. So I don't know about how that's going to unfold if he gets reelected, And then when you look at the just farcical trial that they had of this fraud case against him that was totally meritless, and you see the politicians in New York are just giddy over finding Donald Trump this massive amount of money that's going to be almost impossible to pay this in the time frame that they're telling me he has to pay it. When in the meantime, you have major businesses corporations that were planning on building in New York and doing business in New York and providing jobs in New York and paying taxes in New York are now pulling out or changing their plans, not because of Donald Trump, just because they can see how New York operates. It's a witch hunt. They're using politics and warfare. They call it lawfare, but make no mistake, the people in New York want to destroy anything that is Trump and all of his supporters. And anybody that happens to be a conservative, they have no use for you. And so they're going to run everybody out business-wise out of New York, and they're going to expect the rest of the country to pitch in and pay for all their social programs and their welfare and all the things that New York has to provide for their low-income citizens, which, by the way, the homeless problem in New York City is getting off the charts. Of course, the whole United States is. It's in record numbers. 
And if the state of New York thinks that poor people and homeless people are going to be able to pay to keep that government that's corrupt, keep it functioning, well, they're delusional. And what they're doing to Donald Trump, other people are looking at that saying, well, there's no case here. But yet, look at what they did. They're stealing his property. And there's a land grab going on everywhere. Land grab after land grab. And this is just another land grab. I've talked about the pipelines they're putting in through the middle part of the United States and confiscating farmers and ranchers' land to put in these carbon pipelines. And the idea is just absolutely ludicrous. The whole thing is just a land grab. Then you look at the war in Ukraine. And Ukraine has some of the most fertile farm ground in the world. And guess what? The farmers are either dead or they're run off their land or they've left the country forever. And the land is selling really cheap. And guess who's buying it up? People like Bill Gates and all of these big oligarch American corporations that are, I should call them multinational corporations, the big ag, I guess you would call them. And so we're seeing a massive land grab is all we're seeing as far as the continuance of all the misery and the farmers in Europe are seeing it and they're standing up. So God bless the farmers everywhere, but especially in Europe. The ones that are standing up to the tyranny, I applaud them. But getting back to the topic that I'm inspired to do this show by my conspiracy theorist friend, she's studying all these wars that have happened through human history where they've brought in famines to just absolutely decimate the opposing people, like the Irish potato famine. That was absolutely totally caused by the British. And there's been other famines that took place in Asia more recently that has killed millions of people. And she's doing a comprehensive study on the different famines and what happened and how it was all put in place and the results. And I'm going to do a show about that when. I get her final report on that, and I'm going to tell her right now I'm in no hurry for that. Just take your time. But I do want to start laying the groundwork for this show by just talking in general about using food as a weapon. It seems that this land grab that's happening all over the world is to control how much food is even produced. I've been hearing reports of farmers all over the world And I'm not talking small farmers, I'm talking the ones that have major operations. They're being paid by their government not to grow food. And I've seen a lot of video out of Africa that shows me that Africa is on the hit list as far as to get rid of the population. The chemtrails there are spraying even heavier than they are here. And I saw a video that had this white substance that looked like cotton balls, or better yet, cotton candy. And the people could walk over and pick it up and toss it up in the air, and it would just float. It seemed to have no weight whatsoever, just barely enough weight for it to settle back to earth. But some of those they threw up, they only threw up about four or five feet, and they floated away, way out of view of the camera, and they hadn't gone down a bit. And so they're spraying so heavy that... The substance is coming down in large balls about about two feet in diameter or even bigger. And one night, I was driving through 
The remnants of a chemtrail looked like spider webs. And I stopped and got out of my truck and was putting my fingers through these, what I thought were spider webs. And I was getting the residue on my fingers and I was rubbing it, wondering what it was. And that was before I knew that it was chemtrail residue. And so I think that Africa is being set up for starvation. And I think other third world areas are being set up for annihilation. And that's one of the things that is keeping the Ukraine war going. It's, that's disrupting the farm output in both Russia and in Ukraine. And the supply lines of distributing the grain is just broken. And so there's an awful lot of food that's not moving, and there's a lot of food that's never being grown in the first place. And so I see the governments are facilitating the demise of maybe not their population, but the third world countries that depend on the surplus that the West and the other productive areas of the world produce. And right now China is buying all the spare grain that they can get their hands on. They're putting it in storage bins that are underground, that are untouchable from nuclear fallout. And China's getting prepared for a huge war, and they're going to stockpile enough food to hopefully that they think will feed their people for a couple of years. And poor countries in the third world can't afford to do that. They're kind of hand-to-mouth. They buy it, they eat it, they buy it again, they eat it. But right now they have to compete against China and other countries that are stockpiling food while at the same time, production is down. And so it's clear to me that food is going to be used as a weapon again, and it's also clear to me that nobody really cares. The people in Gaza that are being butchered by genocide, people don't care. Now, I've lost some subscribers because they don't like my stance that I think that that's genocide. They think that Israel has every right to kill every Palestinian. And it seems that we have American congressmen, had that Congressman Ogles from Tennessee, that was told by a woman who was a voter that she didn't like her tax money going to kill Palestinian children. And Congressman Ogles said, I think we should kill them all. And so we have Republicans and Democrats alike that are cheering on the genocide and they're voting to fund it. So you and I are funding killing children, just like we're funding abortion. And I, for one, have had it. I'm sick of funding genocide. I'm sick of funding criminal activity and terrorism. I watched a video that actually came from the Ukrainian Armed Forces, and it was one that they were proud of. And they were showing drones dropping grenades on bus stops that had civilians. There was no military target in sight. And you could see him hovering over the little canopy that covered the bus stop. And when people started going to the bus stop to sit down on the bench, they would drop some sort of a hand grenade. And the Ukrainian army is proud enough of that to post that as some of the operations that they're carrying out. And I don't care if you're for Ukraine or not. That's called terrorism. When you're targeting innocent people that are just going about their daily life, women and children, doesn't make any difference, old people, young people. The Ukrainians have been killing their own citizens since 2014, 
That's why Russia invaded in the first place. And so we have all this evil that's going on that is just over-the-top evil. Of course, I said Satan before is behind it, and that's definitely the case. And so anybody that thinks that there's any real compassion, they really don't want to starve people to death, oh, they wouldn't do that. Of course they would. If you would rip unborn babies out of a womb, if you would brutally murder the innocent unborn, you're capable of doing anything. And if you're capable of flying a drone and dropping deadly grenades on civilians at a bus stop for no reason, then you're capable of doing anything. There's no conscience in this world today. And just several days ago, the United States vetoed a ceasefire that would have stopped the bloodshed in Gaza. But guess who vetoed it? We did. It's either the United States is running the show over there or Israel's running the show over here. Or they're one and the same. I think that there's so many dual citizens, and when you look at our federal government, the amount of people of Jewish heritage is just amazing as far as the percentage of how many Jewish people are in the United States right now as opposed to how many are actually running the government. And of course, you're not supposed to notice that, but it's unmistakable. And so it's really hard to tell just what's going on with this congressman in Tennessee who wants to kill every Palestinian. At least he wants to kill the children, because that was what they were talking about, was butchering children, and he wants to kill them all. And I hope you folks in Tennessee that are in the district that he's in, I hope you tar and feather him and run him out on a rail. There's no room for that kind of inhumanity anywhere in society. And it's very sad when you have people like that in power that have the power of the purse and they can actually send money to fulfill their desires to commit genocide. And as far as I'm concerned, he is applauding a war crime. And these same people that are vetoing the ceasefire for the Palestinians are the same people that are not allowing any food, they're not allowing any water, no medicine, no fuel, no blankets. I was hearing a story about a private citizen that was sending teddy bears into the Gaza Strip. He was trying to send something in for the children. And the way I understand it is that he was charged with a crime of aiding and abetting the enemy and aiding terrorism. And so he was labeled a terrorist, and I believe he's now either in prison or headed to prison for sending children teddy bears. And you think these people have a heart? You think they won't starve the Palestinians to death? Well, sure they would. And it's really something that we could sit back with our bowl of popcorn and watch an entire civilization being destroyed and say, well, I guess it's horrible to be them, isn't it? I'm glad I'm me. I'm glad I'm fat and happy and sitting here watching TV and drinking my beer. That's kind of the attitude of the West. Never realizing that a lot of these things that they are doing are test runs to get rid of you and me and these people that are ill-informed that are sitting on their couch watching football thinking that there's no way that anything like that could happen here. Well, I got news for you. 
when it does happen here, it's going to be a double shock because, first of all, I think they're going to be just doubly heinous. I think that they're going to pull out all the stops against us to break our will. And also, I think that we're too soft. I don't think that the average person is going to be able to handle what's coming. There was a study out that claimed that the largest cause of death that would happen if we have a world war and that the United States would be partially occupied or invaded, that one of the leading causes of death in civilians would be suicide because people won't be able to handle it. I don't know if I agree with that assessment or not, but I know our people are pretty soft. And so you better harden yourself up mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. You better get things in a group. And even if nothing happens as far as anything bad, at least you'll have your life. At least it'll be in order better. But I've mentioned these other things, and I've kind of circled the drain on purpose this time, because I wanted to point out all the other heinous things that are happening and then bringing it back full circle to would they use food as a weapon? And of course they would. If they'll vaporize you with an atomic bomb, or if they will unleash a virus out of the Wuhan lab, and if they'll shoot you with a poison so-called vaccine that will stop your heart or fill you full of blood clots or make your cancer go out of control, if they're capable of doing those things, if they're capable of killing babies in the womb, and some states are even considering having abortion, they say after the child is born, up to a year, and they're still calling that abortion? And these people are in charge? These people are funding the doctors, and they're funding the research, and they're funding the viruses, and they're funding the genocide, and they're funding the holocaust against the unborn? Do you think these same people would have any qualms at all about starving you? Of course they won't. And so I said this the last two years, and I think I was right both years. I don't think things got as bad as I thought they would. I thought two years ago, by this time, we'd likely have already seen nuclear weapons fly. And I think the only thing that's holding this together is the patience of Russia. And I'm going to tell you that not because I think Russia is good, because I'm not choosing sides saying Russia good and everyone else bad. But I do know that if Russia had acted on everything that they said they would do, every red line that was crossed, if they would have responded, if they would have responded every time, well, then we would have had nuclear weapons flying a year and a half ago. And it's just because of their patience. But that patience is starting to wear out. And Medvedev and other people in Russia have now started warning the Western world of the dire consequences that it's actually going to happen. Because Russia doesn't want to go down in history as that country that fired the first nuclear weapons in World War III. But I can tell by their rhetoric how it's changing and their attitudes of the people and the broadcasts that are being broadcast over in Russia, that they are preparing themselves and their people for basically Armageddon. 
and Russia means it. We have a bunch of people that can be bought off. We have a bunch of people that call themselves patriots inside our government that are just there for the almighty dollar. But Russia is fighting for their own existence. And when Russians have to fight for their existence, they become a whole different kind of animal. And they're more than a Russian bear. They're much more than that. And they've been saying, back off, back off. And not only are we not backing off, we're doubling down. And Russia sent hints about every other day. They'll send a new hint that you better back off because we're preparing to do what we don't want to do. And I really feel that the Russians have almost got to that point with their conscience that they don't really care anymore. That's when things are going to get really dangerous. But that's the way I see it, is that the people in charge of the world's governments don't care. And simply the fact that they've been steering everything towards controlling the land by very few people, with mapping everything out with GPS and self-driving tractors and all the things that they would need to produce food without actually having farmers in the field. That's where they're heading everything. And so we really need to pay attention. And I'll be glad when I get the final thoughts of my friend who is studying how famine has been used in warfare. But it all boils down to one thing. We the people are at war. You may not think so, but the punitive taxes, the fact that our money is being squandered and given to other countries to kill people, that the fact that our southern border is wide open, the drug trade is rampant, there is more human trafficking now than probably any time in the history of our country, and that includes the time when slavery was legal. We have an entire generation that doesn't care. We have another generation that's so out of touch they can't see what's happening. And so the vast majority of people in the Western world, they just don't see what's going on. There is a war against women that is just incredible right now. But yet, where are all the women's groups? They're silent. All you have to do is look for videos of transgenders who are injuring, and I'm saying injuring very badly, what transgender athletes that are boys pretending to be girls, what they're doing to the girls on the playing field, whether it be basketball or any other sport. And there's people applauding it. There's a war against family. There's a war against traditional values. There's a war against gun ownership. There's a war against owning land. There's a war against beef. There's a war against meat in general. We have a war going on every day in our skies as the chemtrails rain down on us and just absolutely pollute this planet. And where are the groups that are supposed to go after people for pollution? The ones that are always nagging and complaining about man-made pollution when it's happening right in front of their face. But no, no, that's not happening. What you're seeing are contrails. 
If you believe that, you'll believe anything. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. But we the people are at war for our very existence. And although I'm not for Russia, I do understand that Russia is fighting to maintain what they consider our traditional values in Russia. And I know that it's not Russia that's at war with we the people in this country. It's not Russia that's forcing vaccines. It's not Russia that's spraying the chemtrails. It's not Russia that's doing all these things to we the people. And so I think Russia is this big straw man they've built to point at, to say, look over there, look at these evil Russians. While the New World Order deep state unelected satanic cabal that's actually running things so they can do more damage. And these people don't like nationalism in any way, so it won't be very long before saying the Pledge of Allegiance will be outlawed. You have to understand that this war has been going on for a long time, longer than you can possibly imagine. But these people think that they're close to the finish line, and they may be, but they think they've already won. That's why all of a sudden they don't care if you know about the Bilderberger Group. They don't care if you know about the One World Government. They don't care if you know about Agenda 2030. They don't care because they think we have no power to stop it. And on the second half of the show, I'm going to be talking about little Justin Trudeau, my favorite dictator. But before that, I would ask that you please consider donating to the show to keep it on the air. I really appreciate every donation of every size. I take checks, money orders, or cash. You would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. If you're tuned to 5085, you're listening to WTWW. If you're on 7490, you're listening to WBCQ. And if you're listening on 5850, you're tuned in to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're on 89.3 FM, you're listening to Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. Welcome back to the second half of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. And we should never forget all of the fires and other catastrophes that are happening to our food industry. We've had massive chicken farms or chicken facilities that have gone up in smoke. We've had a lot of warehouses that have burned. We've had derailments of trains. We've had all sorts of things that can disrupt our food supply. And if you haven't noticed, it's very much been pointed towards our food supply. And there's one other little thing that has been bothering me. I've noticed the birds have been disappearing. And also, a lot of people are noticing that because that's something that people do notice. Lots of bird watchers out there. But all of a sudden, they come up with this bird flu. And so they start killing millions of chickens, turkeys, ducks, everything that's domesticated, saying that they're trying to control the bird flu, when in fact very few cases of bird flu were ever verified. It seems like there was a massive knee-jerk reaction to 
do what? Diminish our food supply. And that serves a dual purpose of providing cover for those who are killing our birds and animals. If someone that's a bird watcher notices that there's fewer birds, well, the news media is telling them there's a bird flu going out and killing a lot of birds. When in fact, I think the only birds that were really killed because of the bird flu were the birds that were healthy, but were destroyed anyway and not put into our food supply. And I'm one that's very observant. I like to really keep track of what's going on around me. And I've noticed that the skies are getting whiter, that the chemtrails are being spread thicker. And I know I keep coming back to chemtrails, but that's the most obvious sign that our ground is being polluted and our water is being polluted. I have listeners who have orange groves that have been polluted. And my friends that have the orange grove are doing lots of testing. And they're sharing with me what the test results are. And it's unmistakable that it is man-made contamination that's contaminating the soil and the water and the air. But it's not you. It's not your lawnmower. It's not your old 57 Chevrolet. It's the people flying the planes that are spraying us like insects. Well, I'm going to talk about my favorite dictator, little Justin Trudeau. I can't figure out who's worse, Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau. I think they're both horrid. And I feel sorry for both Canadians and Americans for having such poor leadership, especially in times like these. But make no mistake, this poor leadership is causing a lot of the problems. If the United States had a coherent president... If the United States had not had their elections stolen and Donald Trump was still the president, which she rightly should be, there would not have been a Ukrainian war. I don't think we'd have the problems in the Gaza Strip either. I think weakness of the United States has caused an awful lot of issues in the world. Little Justin Trudeau comes out and he's complaining that what he called conspiracy theorists are ruining mainstream news. He's out whining about it, saying that now they can't control the narrative, that people are actually coming to different conclusions than what they want them to conclude. People are having thoughts that people like Justin Trudeau don't think they should be thinking. And he's crying about the fact that there's more than one opinion out there and that they can't establish the narrative. And to Mr. Trudeau, I say one word, tough. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you do. You're just going to have to lump it. Because people are on to the tricks. They're on to the lies of the mainstream media. That's why people are tuning out in record numbers. And they're tuning into alternative sources like this show and others. And I have to say that Canada is blessed with some great I would call them citizen journalists that are actually doing real journalism and actually informing the people. And some of my favorites are the Canadian Prepper and the Amazing Polly and Will Paranormal. I believe Rebel News does some work in Canada. And these are the news outlets that I would trust. And anything that they would broadcast on mainstream news up in Canada, I wouldn't trust at all. And I don't think the average Canadian trusts them. 
And so we have this big meltdown that he's crying about competition. So unfortunately, I think we're going to see more tyranny and a crackdown on the people I mentioned and others in Canada. And this brave new world that they're laying out for us and they're trying to force us into really stinks. And I'm not going to be a part of it. And so I've made up my mind that I'm going to stay broadcasting and and I'm not up here shilling for Pfizer or anybody else. And speaking of the mainstream news, you know that they're losing money. They're losing listeners and viewers. Just they're hemorrhaging because people are fed up with the lies and the propaganda. And they're listening to alternative sources for their news. But it used to be the most coveted spots for buying ad space would be during the news hour. So you had all these different companies and corporations just vying for a spot to be broadcast in primetime news. But have you noticed that everything is brought to you by Pfizer? Well, it's brought to you by Pfizer because no one wants to advertise on a news network that doesn't have any listeners or viewers. And since Pfizer and the rest of Big Pharma can release a virus from a lab and then come up with a vaccine for it, and basically keep us hostage as far as our health, well, money's no object to them because they're going to get it back because people will pay anything to keep their health. And they're part of the narrative. They walk hand in hand with the governments that are putting in the lockdowns and the draconian different protocols that they come up with. And I know there are people that don't think that what I'm saying is true, but to those people, I just have to say, please wake up, open your eyes before it's too late. Now, I got a package in the mail that was called a wellness package from an organization that I joined that's kind of a supplemental insurance type of an organization. And I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't know what was in the package, and I opened it up, and what it was was a seven-day pill organizer that has two compartments, a morning and evening, for each day of the week. I would imagine most people have one or several. And I looked down at that, and I looked at the title. It was a wellness package. And I thought to myself, since when is wellness connected with how many pills you take? It seems like that all of the medical colleges and universities are funded by Big Pharma, and the doctors graduate with Big Pharma helping them out in any way they can to start their practice or start their life as an MD. And they're taught in the med schools that prescriptions are the answer. And so this wellness pack was just confirmation that it's all about selling drugs. It's all about pushing pills. And I don't think that's what wellness is about. I think wellness is eating right, exercising, preventive medicine, and also natural, holistic medicine. But just being a slave to big pharma as far as them farming you by having you on a regimen of pills, I just don't go for that. And I'm not a doctor, and so please don't do what I've done. I recommend you don't. But I'm going to tell you what I have done. I was taking two pills. One was a blood pressure medicine, and the other one was for irregular heartbeat. 
and I found out on my own through research, not through a doctor, and I was going to several heart specialists. But I found out that one of the leading side effects of my blood pressure medicine was an irregular heartbeat. When I saw that, I knew I was being farmed. I was given a medicine that did indeed control my blood pressure, but it gave me another issue, one that I think is much scarier. And I really resented the fact that even though I had some good heart specialists, I thought they were good, they should have known by looking at my chart and the medicines I was taking, they should have at least addressed the fact that my irregular heartbeat was possibly a side effect of my blood pressure meds, and they should have changed me. But they didn't. And I went to the same doctors for over three years with no issues. But I ran low on pills. They wanted me to come back in and do a lot more tests and things like that that weren't necessary because I felt good, my heart rate was good, my blood pressure was good. I didn't feel like going in and buying the doctors another bass boat because they wouldn't have found anything wrong. And so I told them I didn't want to do the test. Well, they weren't very happy with me. But also, they would not refill my prescription for my irregular heartbeat unless I did some of these tests, which I thought was questionable. But I just decided right then and there, well, I'm sick of being farmed anyway, so I'm just going to quit my blood pressure meds, and that ought to take care of the other. Well, I'm not advising you to do this, but that's what I did. I did get off my meds, and I haven't had any issues at all. My blood pressure is stable. It's a little high at times, but not bad. And I haven't had any irregular heartbeat or any palpitations or anything. And so I am thoroughly convinced that it was medically induced irregular heartbeat from being prescribed medication that my body was not working well with. And I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone. And you might say that I'm just getting lucky that someday it'll come back and haunt me, and it might. But I'm not on any medications. And as I visit with people, especially people my age or older, people carry around these great big pill organizers, and if I go out to get a bite to eat with anyone and they have to take medicine with their meals, out comes their big old organizer, and out comes their five, six, seven, eight pills. I'm not sure if I'm just being ignorant or whether my eyes have been opened, but I don't see wellness in those pill packs. I just don't. And to those of you who think I'm being foolish, well, you may be right in the long run, but I'm controlling things through exercise and diet, and for what I've been through medically as far as the horrific wreck I was in and, and how bad I was injured and how much structural damage I do have in my body, I'm doing quite well with not only blood pressure and don't have any heart issues whatsoever that I know of. My heart's been beating steady for the year and a half I've been off of the meds. But I think I'm sharper mentally. There was a lot of side effects that were minor, but they were noticeable. But I sure noticed that I don't have them anymore. And so... Everything is, in my opinion, is phony right now. We live in such a phony world. And the other day, they had a cell phone outage. And I heard several people were talking about the cell phone outage. And they were just panicked by it. They were just paranoid. 
And people get angry with me because I am hard to get a hold of, but if I lost my phone, I wouldn't care. I live my life basically like everyone lived their lives before technology came in and started living everyone's life for them. And that's what's happening. People aren't thinking their own thoughts. They have to be on some social media. They have to be on the phone. They have to be texting. They have to be talking. They have to be doing something constantly. And they're being bombarded with all sorts of subliminal messages and all sorts of advertisements and all sorts of different things they see as they scroll through their social media. And it's just distraction after distraction. And if you could make that distraction audible, the noise would be unbearable. But people are addicted to it. They don't know how to put it down. And I hear about once a week, you need to buy a smartphone. And my answer to that is, why? I'm going to take the show down this road here for a second, but I truly feel that smartphones and your little robot box you have in the corner of your room that you have to ask it what time it is and that kind of thing are the biggest Trojan horse mechanisms in the history of mankind. Just like when Troy looked out and saw this great wooden horse, they thought, hmm, that's pretty. Let's bring it inside. And they brought it inside. And what was inside was death and destruction for him. But they brought it in because they had to have it. And people are like that with their cell phones. I tell people, and no one listens. Absolutely nobody has listened to me. If you have a smartphone or one of these boxes in the corner that tells you what the weather's going to be or whatever. If you have one of these boxes in the corner you're always talking to, you got to get rid of them. But people won't because they're addicted to them. They won't admit they're addicted to them. They'd say, oh, I use it all the time. It's handy or I like it. I would imagine that before the soldiers came out of the wooden horse, if you would have asked the people of Troy, do you like this big wooden horse? They'd say, yeah, we like it not knowing that inside the enemy was laying in wait, waiting for everything to quiet down for the night so they could sneak out and do their work. And I'm telling you right now, your cell phones, your box in the corner, your GPS and your car, your smart appliances, especially if you own a Tesla, they're spying on you. You might say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so... Nothing's going to happen. Well, they're not spying on you to see if you're doing anything wrong. They're collecting data. Most of the things they collect is just data that they can lump you in so they can see what trends are and what people are thinking, what people are doing. And they're also monitoring how much control they have over the population. And so while they're spying on you, they might not specifically be interested in you, but as a demographic they are. And they're getting numbers. And there's a store in my town that I buy some things from. The employees are just adamant that you get into their buyer's club. There's signs all over the store. Join our buyer's club. And there are special sales all through the store that say, buyer's club special only. And when I check out, cashiers are starting to understand that I'm never going to be in their buyer's club. But they'll look at me and say, you're still not in the club, are you? And I say, nope. So they ring me up, and they look at me like I'm an idiot. They really do. Like, what's wrong with you? So finally, I told one cashier, 
as she was wondering what was wrong with me. I said, do you realize that your company's not giving these discounts and these deals for free? That the information that they're gathering on me is being sold to other companies. So they're actually mining for information. And I buy dog food from this place. And I said, you know, no corporation needs to know how much dog food I'm buying. And so, therefore, I'll never join your buyer's club. Because I really enjoy privacy. And it's none of anyone's business what brand of dog food that I buy for my dogs. And she looked at me and goes, well, I never thought of that. And that's the trouble. People go on their daily lives getting addicted to all these gizmos and gadgets and technology that, in my opinion, is nothing but a Trojan horse. And if things really go down and go down hard, like Gerald Salente always says, things are going to go down hard. If they do, and you have a cell phone that's spying on you and, and telling maybe the wrong people where you're at, what you're buying, what your habits are, who's on your friends list, where you live, how many kids you have, how many pets you have, what kind of car you drive, where you work, it's never ending. I tell people these things and they say, oh yeah, that does sound kind of scary, that kind of sounds bad. And then they put their cell phone back up in their face and go back to social media, walk away. And there's people that have the little squawk box in the corner that tells them what time it is and any other question they ask. And I've told them, I say, you do realize that that has certain words that if that thing hears you say those words, that artificial intelligence puts you in a database. Yeah, probably does. I say, well, do you like to have something in the corner of your room that's listening on, listening to you? In a refrigerator that's seeing how much energy you use and reporting that in? Do you like that kind of stuff? And I say, oh, no, I don't like that at all. But the next time I see them, they still have the squawk box in the corner and they still have the same refrigerator. What it amounts to is nobody really believes things are going to get bad. You know, they might, but not really. I'm going to be spared and my family's going to be spared. If you think that, I want you to do a little mental exercise just for a minute. Imagine that you're in Gaza and you're a Palestinian and you have your family and you've walked from northern Gaza Strip to the southern Gaza Strip because they've told you they're not going to bomb you in the south. And they bombed you in the north, they bombed you in the middle, they bombed you all the way there. And maybe you've lost family members getting to the south. And you're in the south, there's several million people in, in an area that's approximately 10 miles squared. And then the Israeli bombers come in at 4 o'clock in the morning and start blowing everything up. You have no place to go, no place to hide, no food, no water, no shelter. Bombs are falling on you, and nobody cares. They're too busy with their life. They're too busy watching football. They're too busy looking at their cell phone. Nobody really cares. And you might think, oh, that'll never happen. It is happening. Well, it's not happening to me. And to that I have to say, yet, unless we wake up to the clear and present danger that mankind faces. I'm not talking about Americans. I'm talking about the human species. You know, you have all these people that are waving the flag and they're getting ready for an election and they're just blind to the fact that 
They're trying to ruin farming worldwide. They want to use food as a weapon. They want to starve people to death. They're putting out viruses made in labs. They're putting out fake vaccines. And we have rigged elections, and so we can't vote our way out of this. Really, we're like the people in the Gaza Strip. We just don't know it yet. We're trapped. The people in Gaza are really trapped, and they're really dying. They're really suffering. And humanitarian aid is not allowed in because the United States vetoes a ceasefire and other countries allow Israel to stop any trucks that are trying to deliver food. And you think it can't happen to you. Well, if we are invaded, which we already have been invaded, by the way, through our southern border, but if we get invaded in a more conventional way by military forces landing on our beaches, and you happen to be in an area that gets occupied, how are you going to get treated? Are you going to get good food? Are you going to still have your car in your house? Is your family still going to be intact? Or are you going to have people in your family that have been killed? Whether by collateral damage or by terrorism or what have you. Because war is hell. And to those who think that it can't happen here, well, you have to rethink that. You have to prepare for it happening here. Because it sure could. And we're closer to that happening here since the War of 1812. And I really do believe that we have such idiotic people, quote-unquote, in charge, that they're going to not stop until we are in this war because they want you and me both dead. And I know that's a real strong statement, but all my research, and by the way, I don't listen to a whole lot of other people. I do have my favorites, but everyone I'm listening to that has a show like mine is seeing the exact same thing. Total genocide of the human race. You know, you might look at Alex Jones or Hal Turner or anybody and say, oh, well, they're just extremists. Well, someone has to be an extremist and someone has to get extremely upset and someone has to do something about this. And it upsets me to know that I have listeners that I actually know personally, that I've been in their homes and so forth, and they agree with me and they think that the cell phones are spying and they think the refrigerators are spying. Yeah, we've got to get rid of it, but they never do. And there are people that I'm telling them that they're stealing the farms and they're trying to outlaw farming and they're spraying chemicals that are hurting our crops and they're putting GMO in the food that who knows what that's going to do to us in the long run. And I do believe they're manipulating weather to cause droughts and floods and anything else that they want to have in whatever region they're picking on. And I tell these people, you better get some food. Oh, I have plenty of food. I say, well, show me your pantry. I look in and there's enough food for probably two or three weeks. I say, well, you need to have a lot more. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. That's just not one person. That's five or six people. No, I'm good. I can last a week. I'm fine. And it's hard to wake those kind of people up. It really is. But in closing, I just want to tell my listeners that you're going to have to take this serious. You don't have to take me serious. Listen to any of the others out there that are talking about prepping and talking about survival. 
We're not all wrong. Some of us are more connected than others. I know with me, I'll readily admit I'm not connected with hardly anybody as far as sources go. But there are people out there that are heavily connected that know what's going on. And some of them aren't even telling everything they know because they're afraid to for the fact that they don't want to start a panic. But my heart feels good that so many of the listeners have contacted me that are taking steps to survive fallout. They're taking steps to survive famine. They're taking steps that their water supply will be safe. And believe me, I get it. My life has been totally disrupted ever since I started doing this radio show for the hours that I'm putting in. I put in massive hours with research and massive hours getting the show to you. And one of the reasons I put in massive hours is the fact that I'm a one-man operation. I do the recording and the editing, and and I have to file everything away and distribute things to the radio stations and put things up on podcasts. And, and each show takes me approximately eight hours to put out. And so you might listen to this one show, but I've put in at least eight hours, and I do the same on Truth to Ponder. The Truth to Ponder episode takes me the same amount of time and takes me a little bit less time on the Harmony Barn Sessions music show, but but I would rather be doing anything than talking about what I talk about because I wish it wasn't here, but I can't wish it away. And so to those that don't want to hear it, that just want to stick their head in the sand, well, it's going to hit you really hard. I think it would be best if you would err on the side of caution and get prepared. I don't see anything good coming down the pike, folks. I really don't. I hope I'm wrong. And I received a letter last week, and in the letter they said, We sure hope you're wrong. And to that I say, Amen. I hope I'm wrong too. Well, I hope the right person heard this broadcast today. I appreciate you tuning in, and I would appreciate you partnering with me to bring the show to you every week. I take checks, money, orders, or cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. Zip code is 69143. And until next time, everyone... Be safe, stay alert, be brave, and never ever forget, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.